Welcome back to another episode of Texas Sports Nation. I am Jonathan Alexander here with Brooks Cabina. Pays me if you've heard this before, but we're uh, talking about yet another loss. The Texans lost to the Raiders, and this was actually their worst loss of the season. What was a fourth quarter lead ended up being a 38-20 to 20 defeat, and now the Texans are 1-4-1. and one. There wasn't much to gloat about. I mean, the offense did look good, I'll say that, but I'll start with you, Brooks. What was your initial impressions uh, of the Texans' latest loss? Well, I was, um, you know, a bit surprised that they were able to play they were the way they were in the first half and being tied ten to ten. Um, I was expecting the Raiders to win and win significantly going into that game, and they ended up doing it because the offense was more than capable of outscoring the Texans, which they did. Um, the biggest flaw, I mean, the Texans were looking at. This team, it's been six games, and we've pretty got a good look at what the identity of them are. They have a fatal flaw, which is their run defense, which has been falling apart in every game. Uh, Josh Jacobs puts up 140 yards almost and three touchdowns, which tied his career high. And uh, the Texans are clearly uh, have some big issues there, and they have said the same thing over the course of the weeks. They just need to be in the right gaps, make the right tackles. So two things are either wrong. Either the personnel is wrong or the scheme is wrong. So uh, changes have to occur for that to get better. Christian Harris made his debut as a rookie linebacker, and he made some good plays, but he also looked a bit confused at some times. And, you know, they tried to get him in there um, and get his first game in. And uh, uh, talking to Lovey Smith today, he said that there were a lot of things that they looked at today. All of them said that they should give him more opportunities and not take any less. So, I mean – what what was your takeaway from Harris and the rest of the all, uh, of the team there, Jonathan? Yeah, I, I was looking at some of those runs. Uh, you know, Josh Jacobs had seven rushes of ten yards or more. Like that is, yeah. uh, I think that's season high against the Texans, and they've been bad in previous games. I mean, it just seemed like every time he touched the ball, he wasn't even getting touched at the line of scrimmage. Like, like uh, you know, I saw some linebackers overshooting uh, gaps. Um, you know, they were getting blocked pretty good. De- the defensive linemen weren't winning their you know one on one battles with the offensive linemen. The, te- the Raiders did do a good job of run blocking, but you know it was just a bad performance. Um, it just seemed like every time Josh Jacobs touched the ball, he had an open hole that he was able to go through. And then when you get him one on one in space, he's hard to bring down. He's a big guy and he's fast and quick. Um, the other thing though. And we've seen this come up in the past two games. Was the pass rush hasn't been there, and I don't know if that's no. I don't know if that's partially Jonathan Gennard probably does have to do Malik Collins not being there helped help you know make that worse too. But the pass rush hasn't been there. They've had one sack in the past two games, two in the last three, and the only reason they have two is because Herbert slid against the Chargers. You know they need to get pressure on the quarterback to have any success. They're putting a lot of pressure on on their you know secondary back there and you know that's when the big plays happen um you know they've got to get more pressure on the quarterback because it, it doesn't seem like uh you know stopping the running um is going to be an easy fix otherwise they would have fixed it by now i mean the pass rush even with jonathan grenard was problematic he was uh you know playing against the chargers started there too only has three quarterback hits a sack and a half uh, they were expecting something major out of him. Lovey Smith talked about him all off season, going into it, expecting something special from him. Um, and he suffers a calf injury that was new to last week. You clear that up today. So wasn't anything he was dealing with. Um, so they brought in 
pretty much veterans to try and ignite a little bit of a pass rush. Mario Addison, Jerry Hughes, others. That's not getting it done. So, I mean, those are the things that you're looking at right now. And, um, I mean, it's notable to say, uh, 1-4-1, the Texans right now are projected to have the number two overall pick in the NFL draft. And the Browns right now have the number five overall pick in the draft if you're projecting out to that. So if the draft were to end today, uh, I was looking at this and really reasoning it out to myself. I mean, that's that's the position you go for is up on the front seven. I would I would think Will Anderson would be their pick out of Alabama. That's the glaring need. And also talking to Lovey Smith today about Davis Mills, he said that you know they have a lot of problems they need to fix, and one and the quarterback position is not one of them. So, what was your take from Lovey's? Um, you know, response about Davis Mills, who he's been consistently confident about. Yeah, I think anybody watching that game saw that Davis Mills had his best performance um, of the season. Uh, he was th- making some throws that he hadn't thrown. I-, I think he's getting better the past few games. He's uh, playing with a lot more confidence. You know, the big stat was the third down stat, and I can't remember. I think there was. I can't remember off the top of my head um, what they finished with. I know they finished with over sixty percent on. Um, third down attempts and at one point they were seven to ten they were hitting uh, a few of those at the end of the game third downs didn't work out because they were you know playing in a rush playing from behind so you know I thought Davis Mills did good um, a couple of third downs that they didn't convert also were drops I think Brevin Jordan had a drop Brandon Cooks had a drop that should have been a catch um, they need this from Davis Mills um, consistently um, however, you know, I'm still a little hesitant to say like he's my long term answer. Um, I think we still need to see a, a lot more games from Davis Mills like this. Not like perfection, but you know, consistent games that he keeps you in the game and he helps you win. And that's what Lovey Smith said, and that's what they need from from him going forward. I think uh, it was a step in the right direction for sure. I dove into this for a film study. I was looking back on it. This ended up being the concept for it. If you look at the offense and whenever it was the bye week and Nick Casario came in, I was very curious to ask him about whether they constructed this run-oriented scheme because of Mills and his strengths or because of the lacks that they have on the offense, which would also include Davis Mills. He sidestepped it, said, you know, no matter what you do, you've got to be able to make the plays in crucial situations. But at this point, Jonathan, it's clear. On first and second down, this is a Damian Pierce show. Um, it's when Damian Pierce is able to get good yardage on first and second down, Davis Mills also thrives. You look at um, the game on Sunday, and I was looking through it, and if you look where they were going on uh, first and second down, Pierce touched the ball in some way 20 times. The other calls were 11, and all of that were really playing off the tendency to run. Davis Mills, he was 5 of 5 passing for 65 yards out of fullback formations, 4 out of 7 for 85 out of multiple tight end packages on those deals. I mean, that's basically constructing an offense out of running the ball. We've heard them say that several times, Lovey Smith, Pep Hamilton, others. And this is clearly the style of football the Texans regime prefers. I mean, I had to remind myself, Casario assembled his first coaching staff last year with a head coach and David Culley and an offensive coordinator and Tim Kelly based on that same run-oriented philosophy. And that's carried on with Smith and Hamilton. So Casario was the one who signed Tyrod Taylor to run this game at first. And Davis Mills was his first pick uh, as a GM. And he was from a Stanford system that was very much the same. And it had retained its identity from Pep Hamilton when he was there in 2011 and 2012 as an offensive coordinator. So 
any deviation from any of that requires a significant disruption. So if the Texans were going to pick a top five quarterback, they would either have to have a lost confidence in Mills in their current scheme and believe someone else, whether it's Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, whoever would better fulfill that role, or they want to change their offensive philosophy and become willing to form it around someone else in a way that Mills can't do that. So how do they look at that? You mentioned it, the third downs there, because those are clearly the spots that where they're pointing the offense towards, okay, Mills, this is where you step in, and they supply those packages. That's where you see almost exclusively three wide receiver packages. Um, on on Sunday, it was that way as well, and you were mentioning it. Mills was converting. Uh, they threw the ball twice as often on third down opportunities against the Raiders, and uh, even whenever it was third or four or less. So... He, Mills entering that game, I looked these numbers up too. Um, he was struggling mightily. His quarterback rating was low. His two interceptions on third downs were bad. One against the Chargers that on the first drive that led to a touchdown. The other that gave the game-winning field goal against the Bears. Um, and he was really good against the Raiders. I mean, 6-10 passing, 79 yards, two touchdowns, a beautiful 20-yard touchdown pass to Philip Dorsett where he threaded it in between kind of had to look off that safety as he fitted into the corner of the end zone. I think Mills showcased his strengths. And if that continues, that's what he's going to be graded on. Whether the Texans say, okay, whenever we put three wide receivers on the field, Mills can do that. Or if we can start divvying up first and second down, give more of a wide receiver tendency towards Mills, that also is there. So, But if they continue to say, and I expect this is the case because Casario's history so far with the Texans has shown that, is that it's still going to be split and focused on the running back. Jonathan, I want to ask you this. I, 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 want to, I, I wonder if that kind of system where inherently the quarterback really isn't an every-down quarterback or an every-down threat, is that even a top-five value for a quarterback at that point? I don't think so. And that would then say, okay, what else did the value get? That points to Will Anderson, that points to other positions, that points to possible trades. Knowing that in a quarterback-heavy draft that you can dangle something over the Panthers or whoever else might want a guy. I think at this point right now, just based on how everything is going, I think if the Texans were to draft today, I think they would draft a quarterback. And that's that's my opinion. And I, honestly, I think Why is that, that? Based on where they are in the order of, of the draft, top three, so they could possibly get one of the top guys. And it seems like, and I'm no expert in these college quarterbacks right now, but just based off me reading, it seems like the consensus is that Bryce Young and, and C.J. Stroud are franchise-changing quarterbacks. I think the thing that's constantly on GM's mind is if there's a franchise-changing quarterback in reach and you have any doubt that you have a franchise guy on your mind, I think that the Texans do have some doubt. I don't I don't know if Levy Smith has some doubt, but I think Nick Casario has some doubt. Or he would have put his stamp behind Davis Mills a long time ago when he's been asked multiple times. I think there is a little bit of doubt. I'm not saying he's convinced he will draft, but I think for that reason, if the C, if the draft was today, he would dra- he would draft a quarterback if he was in a position to get Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, or whoever they think is that type of guy. Um, could that change? That certainly could change if, if Mills continues to improve and they continue to struggle and stop in the run and they continue to struggle at getting a pass rush. Because I do think they will need a pass rusher, which I think is good that they that the Browns are struggling right now and the Texans are struggling because they can 
choose both of those if they need to. So I just really think it depends on how the next few games goes. I think Davis Mills certainly made it, is making it a little tougher now. He was making it easy early in the season, but he's making that decision a little bit tougher now. Well, I disagree. I think if they the, the draft were today, they wouldn't draft a quarterback because Nick Casario, to say that he hasn't backed somebody, he doesn't really back anybody. I mean, I mean I've asked, you know, listening to him in other games, like it, even after he picked Derek Stingley and then uh, Kenyon Green and then Jalen Petrie throughout the summer, you know, he wasn't allowing them to have really, I mean, the, he wasn't speaking much confidence into them as rookies or anyone else. I mean, he kind of keeps his cards to his chest. I wouldn't think he would come in and say, Davis Mills is our guy. And then, you know, especially in the middle of situations, unless he's Tom Brady or someone else, I'm not really sure he's kind of in a position as a GM, someone who would give confidence knowing that. Um, the other thing is, um, you know, the way the rest of their team is right now and the situation. So you mentioned the positioning at number two, you have the Panthers at number three. And if the Panthers have any doubt that the Texans are going to pick a quarterback or not, they're, they, they're going to have urgency to trade up for that position to get the guy they want. Are the Lions going to go quarterback? Probably. Are they going to go for an edge rusher and Will Anderson after dra- drafting Hutchinson last year? I don't think so. So then you, that creates what the Texans didn't have in the offseason this time, which was trade equity. They would have probably traded that number three pick if there were, were quarterbacks like that to go back and take some. They might have been able to get Stingley. Maybe not. Maybe someone else. But they can get draft capital that way, move back, pick Anderson, continue to build. I think when you look at how they've constructed and kind of what I was saying earlier about how Casario frames and the Texans coaching staff has, has framed offenses, I just don't know if that value equates to taking somebody there in the same way that Will Anderson or somebody that fits an immediate need right now. Because these third downs, even against the Raiders on Sunday, Nico Collins was out. I mean, you've spoken to this earlier this year, too. There aren't really any weapons. So you have a debatable number three wide receiver at this point, whether it's Philip Dorsett, Chris Moore, whoever. And you're going to get John Mechie back next year. Why not invest again another year, go through it again, and see what they have in Mills and and continue to get better on defense, which is a very bad problem because – Mills played fine on Sunday, and if they give up 140 yards next year and they have C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, they're still going to lose. Yeah, I just think he has to do that consistently. Like, I, I like what I saw from Mills, and I think if he continues to put on those type of performances, he will, you know, give them more reason to take somebody else and address other needs. But if he struggles like he did in those first three games, I think it's a different story. And I, and I, and I believe if he reverts back to that, I'm not saying he will then you have to take somebody you think is a franchise changing guy if he's there in that position that you'll be in. I'm not convinced that the Texans will be picking number three. I think they could be one or two when it's all said and done. I think that they're that right. bad of a team. They're at number two right now. Yeah. They're at number two right now. And and I wouldn't be surprised if they were picking number one when it's all said and done. If they're picking number one and you got and your quarterback is struggling and Bryce Young is there, I think you got to take him. And then you, maybe Browns, they're at number five right now. You get Will Anderson at number five right there. Second-round pick, got an early second-round pick, you get a wide receiver. Because I still do think I they – Well, I don't I don't think Will Anderson's going to drop to five. I don't think that's going to happen. And and maybe you see Bryce Young not, you know, getting there. I, I have no idea. I have no idea where the Browns are going to be when it's all said and done. They might not even be at number five. But I think if Davis Mills can't show that he can be consistent – and you got your franchise quarterback right there, 
you got to take him. That's that's my thoughts. And I think Nick Casario probably would think the same way too. Yeah. Well, don't you think in the first three games, if we're talking about the Davis Mills struggles that, you know, they really weren't using Damon Pierce to his full capability and then that affecting the scheme. Yeah. Oh, 100% positive. I mean, yeah, 100%. Uh, you know, I agree with that. And, and that's why I'm saying these next few games are going to be crucial are going to be critical. I think they're going to be the evaluation that we need to determine whether Davis Mills is that guy long-term. You know, if they're picking in their top three and they got multiple picks in the top 10, they'll have a good pick of their litter and they'll have some quality players. So still a long way to go. Still a long season, 17 games this year. So we'll see. We got a look at the Titans upcoming. That's going to be an interesting deal because I think that's going to even more exploit this dreadful run defense that the Texans have. Derrick Henry, if we were looking at how Josh Jacobs got through it, and he's a very good running back, Derrick Henry can make that one look even more pronounced in ways. And the Philadelphia Eagles after that, dual threat quarterback and Jalen Hurts. And uh, their system, that's going to make that look pretty bad too if the things go the same way. Um, those things are going to become a big flaw. And, uh, I mean, I don't think there's really anyone else in the schedule that doesn't present that same kind of risk. I mean, Saquon Barkley with the Giants, you know, the Commanders, I mean, they're the only team that I think that doesn't have quite the potent offense to combat that. You have the the, the Browns and Deshaun Watson will be back for that game. Ezekiel Elliott with the Cowboys. I mean, all these teams have, I mean, I, I mean, they, they can talk about the AFC South being somewhere that has a good tendency to run the ball, but every every team has got this on their schedule, the remaining way is going to exploit that and make it very, very difficult for them to ignore that by the end of the year. Um, but, I mean, the other thing is, is that, you know, they have the trade deadline coming up next week. Um, right now, if you're looking at the roster, Jonathan, how many of these players do you think, what what state of mind do you think the Texans are going into this? Into the trade deadline? November 1st, Yeah. Yeah, I think that they're going to be listening to calls and and figuring out if they can increase their draft capital. You know, there have been reports that, you know, they've received calls for Brandon Cooks. They're in a little bit of a tough situation with Brandon Cooks, given that they just gave him that, you know, extension. Yeah. It would definitely hurt them to trade him away. But, you know, I it, it wouldn't surprise me if, if somebody offered some good draft capital, somebody that needed an extra wide receiver and, and they took it. Um, See, that's that, that I, I saw that name going around too, and I, I mean, I, I on its face, it doesn't make sense to me. For one, not just because of the contract, but also if you look back last year, whenever the Texans traded Bradley Roby, that created a situation where that cornerback situation was in absolute disarray, and they had to draft Eric Stingley number three overall to rectify a lot of that issue. Brandon Cooks being traded without any return of any other wide receiver would be even more devastating to this team. Two things that don't really align with the Texans. One, they've been saying they're trying to be competitive from McNair to Casario to Lovey Smith. That kind of trade, that doesn't signal anything other than tank. Beyond that, also, um, your offense, if you're trying to evaluate Davis Mills, you're going to yank one of the best receivers he has, also while Nico Collins is hurt. That doesn't seem to help them out offensively either. Um, I mean, the, the the cap situation involved with that, they'd save some money with the contract that they gave him, but that would be very odd. Unless he's disgruntled, which we haven't any indication that he is, it just doesn't really make much sense. Um, but if you look at the rest of the offense, the defense, any kind of potential trade people, 
that's, I agree. That's the one that you would take calls and not hang up immediately because your offensive line, they just, you know, took forever to get that constructed and it actually looked pretty good. So the the rest, if there's anybody there that's going to get any major, you know, first, second round pick talk, I'm not sure. Yeah. There is one. I mean, probably the closest would be Laramie Tunsil. Um, he would he would probably be the next person who could produce something that high, but I just don't, I don't think any either of those guys will be traded. I can't, I can't foresee either of those guys being traded before the deadline. I'm, now, if, if it happened, I wouldn't be surprised, but I don't think it will happen. Yeah, well, they got a week. They got a week yeah. to figure it out. So, well, that's what we have for you. Thanks for listening, as always. Please check on our website, HoustonChronicle.com slash sports for more of our content. And we'll be back next week for another episode. Until next week, I'm Jonathan Alexander. He's Bruce Cabina. See you next week. Peace.